Welcome to It's Karmic. I'm your host, Mika Bradford. This is a sacred space to connect with karma and past lives through astrology, energy work, and intuition. Hello, my loves, and welcome back to the It's Karmic podcast with me, your host, Vika Bradford. Today, I have the honor of bringing on one of my closest friends and just like what a warrior woman in the world of all this good stuff. Charlene Lizette, welcome to the show. Hello. Hi. I'm so excited to be back here with you. So and- excited. Yes. And all the people listening, if you guys have not listened to the first episode with Charlene, it was probably in like 2021. It's been a while since we did that combo, but not yet. Right. We hadn't even met. We hadn't even become soul sisters, but we we are now. So I'll link that in the show notes for you guys so that you can go listen to it. It's all about astral travel and like more. It was such a good juicy combo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and as, as normal, anything that we begin talking about ends up like layering on and then diverging. Yeah. Good chat. This is literally how our conversations in our like group chat and our girls nights go. They just become a, like a masterpiece of information and shadow work. I swear. Yeah. I actually just posted a video. Um, I don't know. It's going up this weekend. It's about the spiritual spiritual unions that are coming into place this year. And I was talking about how many people are going to be meeting their divine partner, even if they're not actually uh, like coming into union in the sense of like dating or marriage or commitment, they're actually going to be like finally crossing paths and Mm -hmm. has everything to do with what you and I are talking about. And I brought up our girls night during the full moon in cancer. And I was talking about the fact that first we started talking about like the mother wounds. Then we started talking about like where we're playing small. Then we started talking about how the, we wear all these masks because we feel like we need to in order to be received in a certain way. And basically that's literally what we all do when we get together. We, one thing layers on top of another, on top of another. And we really see how intertwined everything is. Seriously. And I love it so much. Yeah. Yeah. It's so much fun. It literally gives me life force. We are each other's therapy, like therapists. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, maybe the three of us should start. And by three, I mean, uh, Renata as well Renata. should start a podcast where we just literally <laughs> like spiritual therapy, spiritual therapy. Oh my gosh. Guys, something might just be birthed right there. I mean, Mercury did just station direct. So maybe. And, ex- and as I said before, we hit play Mercury be Mercurying right now. So that's our state for- statement for the day. Mercury be Mercurying. It's Mercurying. <laughs> okay. So we have a juicy, juicy conversation planned for everyone listening, whether you're on YouTube or whether you're on um, listening, you know, in your car on the podcast or whatever. I'm just glad you're here because we are going to be talking about the energetic themes of 2023. Now I have already put up a conversation about the Pluto Aquarius shift. There's going to be more conversations about the astrological shifts happening this year because they're really, really big, but Charlene and I are going to go deeper into the tarot themes that we've had come through in just like messaging each other recently being like, I'm picking up this. She's like, I'm picking up this and we're diving into some juicy freaking stuff today. So do you want to start us off with like just what's coming through? Yeah, sure. So there is a lot, (laughs) uh, you know, when we look back, I always consider 2020 this year where many people had this a spiritual awakening of sorts because of the panini and because of what the panini 
like the ripple effect of it, right? We all kind of had to go inward and we were secluded and had to do all this self-work and had to really open our eyes up to what was going on in the collective and what really just wasn't working anymore. But it takes time for all of that to really unfold and develop. And when I sit, sit down and I, you know, talk to my guides, talk to my angels, and I ask for like the messages as to what is coming in for this year, one of the biggest, biggest things, like never mind the numerology, never mind the tarot, but one of the biggest messages that I get is this is a year of like eruption. Mm. And if we just feel the energy of what eruption is, right, there's vitality there, there's fire, there's passion. If you look at a volcano erupting, there's all these things that are being spewed out. And the volcano, in essence, through the eruption is releasing, it's purging, it's letting go. But at the same time, it's also very destructive. And if you've ever seen it for any of you that are listening, if you've ever actually watched videos as to the aftermath of a volcano, it literally wipes the slate. It leaves everything barren and clear. Well, not clear. It clears a path, that's for sure. But it's very destructive in the way that it does it. However, that new soil, that new land, the uh, magma that dries up, etc., is actually some of the most fertile land ever, which gives us opportunity to plant the seeds. And when I pull back and ignore the astrology and ignore the numerology and ignore the tarot and just feel the essence of what that means, it confirms to me that this year for many, 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 many people, including myself and you, Vika, and anybody who is listening, in different aspects of your life, you will start seeing this eruption happen where things are just not fitting anymore. So anything that is not in alignment, and let's move alignment to a side that is creating difficulty or challenges or obstacles for you, that is creating any type of low vibrational emotion. So hopelessness, helplessness, fear, anger, resentment, um, scarcity mindset, and everything that lives on that lower vibrational scale, those things through an eruption of sorts in your life. So it may not necessarily feel the easiest or the gentlest or the softest, but through those eruptions, all those uh, hardships are going to be wiped clean through the magma. It's just going to burn and sear everything so that you can plant these new seeds so that you can have this fertile land and really take control of your life and almost embrace the idea of clearing everything up, knowing that the universe is basically saying, here's an opportunity for you to redo. And for a lot of people, I feel like it's not going to be easy. I, I feel that, you know, and you and I have talked about this, like people who haven't done the work, people who, you know, uh, are comfortable in the complacency and the conformity in the delusion in um, not wanting to work through the shadow aspects, through the ego aspects, through the unconscious, um, through the shit under the rug. When that eruption happens, it's literally going to feel like your whole world is ending. However, for others, you're going to start receiving what I call, especially if you're tuned in and tapped into your intuition, what I call like the little nudges, the little hints from the universe where they're going to be going, mm, this is 
work anymore. Like you need to remove yourself from this or this is done for you. Like, and you need to let it be done so that you can embrace a new path. Absolutely. hundred percent. It's that timeline split. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the solidification of the timeline split. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. And I love what you're saying here too, because like tapping into this, um, when you're saying all of this, I'm just thinking about the astrology of the last couple of years, we've had a lot of earth and a lot of air energy. We have not had a lot of fire energy except for Chiron, which is the wound. And so the fire is feeling doused. The fire is feeling like not active. And this year we have a shift into finally, in my humble opinion, um, some movement into fire. And though, you know, some people aren't, aren't comfortable with the activation of fire, we've had such a you know, that earth energy for the last three years, at least has been heavy. It's been very, very heavy and stagnant. And then the air energy, yes, it's active. Yes, it's moving, but it's very mental, right? It's very, very mental. And we haven't had the action energy other than when the sun moves into a fire sign. And we're like, everybody's like, oh my God, I can move. Like when a Sag season happened, suddenly everyone was like, oh my God, I have so much energy. And then it ended and everyone was like, oh no, like I have yeah. nothing to give. <laughs> right? yeah. So I see like that shift that we're moving into a bit of fire this year with the nodes shifting. Well, the North node will be shifting into fire. Jupiter's in fire right now. Um, so we have some assistance for that volcanic um, eruption to happen that maybe has been boiling under the surface in the earth for the last you know, at least three years. And people are like, I can't move. I can't move. I can't move. And now this year is going to be like, I can, I can move. It might be uncomfortable, right? Like yeah. you might have to burn some shit down. But I was just thinking about, uh, what comes out of volcanic rock is obsidian. One of my favorite stones, right, is literally volcanic glass. And it's all about purification, cleansing, protection. Literally, like we would not have obsidian without volcanoes. So an eruption Mm -hmm. is literally a cleansing stone in itself. And what does that do for our life? Right. That is beautiful. And I didn't even know that to learn something new every day. Yeah, it's volcanic glass. Considering, considering that I work with crystals all the time, I feel very shame, shame, Charlene. Very shame. No, you can't know everything guys. Like sometimes there's astrology packs and I'm like, I had no idea, but now I know. Yeah. That is amazing. And it's fascinating too, because when we look at what's coming in astrologically, we have, or not astrologically numerology. I didn't even know the word FYI. If you, in case you didn't know numerology, numerologically is actually a word. Numeral, numerological, numerology. Wow. I know what you're trying to say and it's I can't really get it hard right. To say. Numero, numerologically that there it is guys. We got it. A word. It is a word. <laughs> I, I did know that was a word. So I'm like, I, I need to use this word. And I'm like, I don't, how do you fit numerology in there? And I was like, I'm going to Google this. Cause I'm sure I made this word up. No, you got word. this. You and got I read it. It, guys. So from a numerology perspective, this year is a seven and seven is a new chapter or it opens up a new pathway, a new phase of everyone's life. So if we all consider ourselves to have a book of our life, this is a brand new chapter that everyone is walking into through the seven, eights and nines, right? Of the numerology. And when we look at that, we can think about what that means for you and what that means in your own life and top of what it means for the collective. And collectively, this is going to be a very spiritual year, not just individually, but spiritually. And we can talk about Saturn and Pisces, 
you know, on, on a bit because it kind of intertwines, right? It's interlaced. But the idea behind the impact that spirituality will have on everyone stems from the fact that people will be seeking the sacred knowledge that lives within them. And so going back to the idea of the volcano, some people will be seeking that sacred knowledge through the chaos, through the fear, through the panic, through the realization that everything has been wiped clean from their life. I'm like, oh my God, what am I going to do? And then for other people, it's going to be the seeking of the sacred knowledge that exists within everyone because we all have the blueprint. We all have the connection to source consciousness, to code. Um, They're going to be seeking it as a way to support them through the surrender, through the unknown and turning around and, you know, tapping into that sacred knowledge and going, okay, can I trust myself in this journey? Can I trust my connection to source in this journey that even if I may not know exactly the path that I'm going to head down, at least I know that it is a path that is being divinely placed in front of me. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And then if we look at other keywords or key themes under seven intuition. So I do feel like a lot of people are going to kind of awaken to their psychic abilities mm, as well. Good. <laughs> it's going to be really cool, but I also think it's going to be very uncomfortable for some people. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like it, it's, it's going to be um, like, why am I seeing this? Why am I dreaming this? Like, why is this happening? It's going to be like, some people will be like, wow, this is super cool. Right. But other people are going to be like, this is not normal. Like something's wrong with me. Let me medicate. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Like I swear, I say all the time, um, the 12th house is very interrelated to people with um, schizophrenia and like, you know, in mental institutions. And I swear it's because they see beyond the realm and they can't ground that information. And so we have that psychic split, right? That, um, that mental split, which is actually just like the astral, all of it. And it's too much because the, the, the lens can't, can't process it. It doesn't know how. Hundred percent, and I love that you said that because it's the spiritual psychosis that yeah. people label, but it really just boils down to the fact that many people haven't been human in previous lives, so they have no idea what it's like to come here on Earth and live in this human fort, like in this human field, this physical body, in this force that is the three D, and so you're one is used to living in like, you know, the Neptunian Piscean ethereal divine realms where like the angels and the guides and everything looks magical and you know, everything's fluid and there's like, everyone is just love and there's just so much, but it's all safe. And then you come here and it's like, it's stuck. It's so heavy. It's Mm -hmm. so heavy. Yeah. I feel that. And everything you're saying here, uh, my numerology life path number is seven. Um, so when, when I started learning about that years ago, it was like one of the first things I learned before astrology, before anything. Um, and I was like, wow, like that seeker energy is, it just made everything finally make sense. It was like the first piece where I was like, that's me. And so knowing we're going to that seven year and everyone's going to kind of be in that journey I'm always on of like just intuitive, intuitively discovering the world, not through that external lens of like the falsities, but the internal experience of being an etheric being in this like meat suit, um, is, is cool that we'll get to see people doing what I'm doing every single day of my life. So that's exciting. Yeah. Like how can one intertwine their 
psychic or spiritual vessel with their physical vessel? And where is one uh, potentially escaping into the world of spirituality or using it as a clutch rather than being grounded as they are receiving the information, right? The other thing is analysis. That's going to be a big theme for this year. The analysis of self, the analysis of everything that is in front of you, like uh, the world's a stage. (laughs) Neptune and Pisces. But that veil will be lifted for a lot of people, right? I have no idea when Neptune moves out of Pisces, but that veil, I think people, people are literally going to like start like looking behind that veil and going, what the fuck it's like yeah. the wizard of Oz, right where like performance and then you look behind there's this little guy like yeah, a little know? scared little man yeah. so so that that the revelation of that i feel um will i don't want to use the word shock but i am going to use it because i can't think of another I word think i think it it's going to be very, yeah i think it's going to be a, like a shock like a what Yeah. Oh, and that's definitely how like most of us felt in 2020, right? Or go back for, you know, to 2012 when a lot of people woke up, a lot of people felt it then. Um, And it is shocking to like see behind the veil and be like, there's just a scared little man there, like pulling all these levers. That's it. That's all. That's all it really is. Right. Another, another big theme is also going to be the research that's going to be connected to the analysis, the reflection and the introspection all connected to that analysis, like reflecting on like, oh my God, when was, when was I an active participant in this little play that this little man behind the curtain was doing? Right. I think about that all the time. (laughs) So the reflecting of that, the introspection, the, the, the realization of how one, for a lot of people, how, how one actively participated in creating pain, challenges, obstacles, and suffering for others over the past two years because of that scared little man behind the curtain. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. The research around everything that is being like fed to us through the machine and the rec- the recognizing that like the dots, the dots don't fucking match. They never did. They never, they never did, but they now never did. like the dots don't match. Oh yeah. my God. Yeah. Like they needed the, the, the time so they could kind of form some sort of, cause they didn't have the intuitive piece. They needed the time to go, okay, now things aren't measuring up rather than trusting the intuition and gut at the beginning of it all being like, something's not right. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And through that, there's going to be a lot of emotion. What one, one will feel uh, an array of different emotions. I mean, we all do at all, any given time, but it's going to be that tuning into the emotions. Like how many times that I let, let fear be the driver of my life yeah. in the actions, the reactions, the responses, the interactions that I had, right? How many times did I operate from fear? How many times did I operate from scarcity and so on and so forth? And then when we look at the overall arching view, it's the faith, the faith within ourselves, the yeah. faith. Our, our community and the faith within source and spirituality of no longer feeling guilt or shame for the things that we did in the past, forgiving ourselves, asking for forgiveness from others. And through all that is how you take the reins. 
Mm-hmm. Right through all that is how you take the reins in your life because it's complete accountability and responsibility of self. And the reins lead us into the chariot, which is connected to the number seven in numerology and the chariot and the tarot cards. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. I love this. So when I asked Charlene to come and have this conversation, everyone who's listening, um, I was tuning into some of the themes for 2023 through the astrology. And one that kept coming up for me was the fool. And so I messaged her and I was like, man, I'm seeing like the fool, the fool, the fool, the fool. And she was like, that's interesting because this year's a seven, which is the chariot. And we both came to this conclusion that it is the damn fool driving. (laughs) So do you want to dive into that? Well, if we actually look at the journey of the fool, the fool is the charioteer, right? Right. He get into the chariot. However, he has matured and he <laughs> has experienced life. And he has also interacted with the magician and the high priestess, the hierophant, and all these other people from when we reach the fool to the chariot, right? The fool being zero. And then we got empress, emperor, uh, magician, high priestess, uh, the hierophant, and then the, the chariot. Um, so he's gotten some knowledge, right? He's matured a little bit. So it's interesting that we made this joke and this, we've connected the dots because it really is. It's almost like, not to say that the fool hasn't learned the lessons of the empress and the emperor and the hierophant and the high priestess in this period of time, but it's like this, you know, you've taken the crash course, the 48 hour crash course intensive person, <laughs> but it's, but it's because you've done the work, right? You've, you've, ex- we've been doing the work for some time now as a collective and individually. So a lot of people that feel like they're the fool, it's again, that faith, that trusting in the self to go, I've learned a lot of the lessons that live between the realm of the fool zero and the chariot seven in the major arcana. Um, and so what I actually did was, and I, uh, Vika and I were talking about this before we started the video or the podcast, I should say, or video podcast, whatever, whatever it is. I, I pulled, I pulled out two very different decks that I have that show the imagery of a, I personally picked these two for a particular reason. So if you're not watching this, I'm going to try and verbally explain what you're going to be seeing. Uh, for those of you that are watching this. So this car, this deck is very similar to Raider Waite. It's not the actual Raider Waite, but it's very similar. And in this imagery, the charioteer seems like he's having a bit of a hard time controlling his chariot and his two horses. The two horses, one being black, one being white, which is yin yang, the duality in all things that we often miss, right? Because we're continuously pulled into these extremes. It also demonstrates here how he's really trying to control the two. And there's a little bit, I'm going to zoom in. There's a little bit of, you know, chaos and you can see his face is excited, but also like, Jesus, take the wheel, right? Like, that's literally my saying all the time lately. I'm like, just Jesus, take the wheel. Yeah, yeah. Like if he doesn't hold on, he's going to eat shit, right? Like he's going to fall off and the horses are going to go and you can see they're going in their different directions. And look at all these clouds in the back, right? The clouds and tarot indicate moments of um, mental um, challenges or mental blockages or um, that over analysis paralysis when our mind just really clouds our judgment 
Okay, and so we've got this big bushy cloud here. You can see the clear sky kind of peeping through, but man, is this ever like on a roll. This this chariot is on a mission. And in can I talk about my tarot course? Yeah, absolutely. Of course. So in my I've, I've created I've created this. I'm like, can I? Am I allowed? Um, absolutely. In, so for those of you that know who I am, I used to teach a two-day tarot intensive. And what I've actually done um, is I'm redesigning it now so it can become either a learn at your own pace tarot course, and you can take individual modules and eventually get to your certification, or you can buy all the modules at once. And then there's also going to be an option where you do the modules on your own, but then you can pay an additional fee and get a one-day, eight-hour intensive session with me and other classmates to continue to learn. Now, all this to say, the reason why I brought this up is because as much as imagery plays a role in tarot and in learning the cards and the story that the card is telling you, so do the colors. Mm. So you can see there's a little bit of blue, right? Very tiny bit of blue, uh, off white. Let's just say the white horse, purity, and we know black is like death plutonian energy right so we've got the dawn of a new day and then we have the death so we have two uh, that that dual that split that we keep talking about right that duality that two roads diverging into different paths which one are you going to choose the darkness the fear the uncertainty or the light and then we've also got a lot of yellow the charioteer is wearing yellow he's got the red which is passion which is vitality which is also um that vigor right that stamina that volcanic energy the red fire passion that we talk about you know with aries moving in to the north node or the north node moving into aries i should say and then the yellow here and yellow is connected to mercury it's connected to communication <laughs> it's also connected to the sun so that's this so you can see that in this we have in this particular deck, this is kind of uh, some of the themes that we'll see, right? That split the being pulled in the darkness or trusting the light, the kind of being a fool because you're like having the best time of your life, but also knowing like if you let go of the rage, you're gonna eat shit and it's not gonna be fun. And that mental agility, right, uh, so that you don't cloud your judgment that passion, that fire to propel yourself forward through the joy, the happiness, the gold, which are yellow, which is connected to money, abundance, right? Um, anything to do with having fruitfulness, right? Think about the harvest and also mercury and communication. And then I pulled out the other deck, which is the moon child's tarot. Don't ask me who it's by. I can't remember off the top of my head. And you can see it's such a, a stark difference mm -hmm. between card it's a single woman feminine connected to the moon moon is the chariot it is cancer it's all there interconnected the moon is behind her very regal you can see that it's almost like she's in water yeah. right the bottom there's a lot more water imagery here not a lot of things clouding her judgment and notice how her chest there is actually no reins in this particular chariot it's just the chariot in itself and she's the reins mm. she's in control and you can even see she's chilling like a villain mm -hmm. you yeah. know has her eyes closed <laughs> and she's like i don't even need to have my eyes open because i trust my intuition i trust my divine feminine energy yeah right and so these are the two ways the chariot is going to show up the energy of trusting, of surrendering, of movement in the flow of femininity, of creation, receptivity, 
she trusts that the chariot is going to take her where she needs to go. That's why she has her eyes closed. She's got like that inner connection. Or the yeehaw <laughs> in the chariot. Like, let's see where this takes me. I could die, maybe, whatever. Black, white, I don't know which way I'm going. I need to hold on for dear life. Totally. So, so it's really interesting, the themes that show up. And the colors are very much the same right we got more pinkies here but the pinks are uh com like connected to the reds it you know their shade is it a shade yeah i think it is whatever um but pink is also love as well it's also femininity and then we've got the blues showing up the blue greens in our dress the gold connecting to the money right the abundance and in this card it's not the earth that she's on it's her subconscious the water mm, the water subconscious. subconscious interesting Interesting. Okay. So yeah, like, okay. I love this because the reason this energy is coming through so much a is because of the numerology of the year, but also like this Jupiter North node Aries energy, which is going to meet up with Chiron. That's a whole other conversation, but, um, it's really, it is about like that Aries energy of initiation of, you know, like going somewhere, there's a journey. Okay. Like Jupiter's the journey. It's like the journey forward. We're starting a new journey, Aries initiation, new journey, the birth of something. Right. And Jupiter is like the optimism of doing that. So like, you can do that as like an Aries raging, you know, <laughs> raging wild without their head on their shoulders, like that first card, or you can do it like the grounded Aries energy of Aries, Jupiter, mixing optimism and faith. And just like knowing that the new journey is like, you know, where it's taking you somewhere great. It doesn't even matter where it's taking you. It's just like, you know, it's taking you to the next divine step in your life. Hmm. It's like a tyrant, right? Cause the Aries is connected to the emperor and tarot. It's a tyrant yeah. or it's a strong leader. Yeah. Yeah. So, the difference between the two. Yeah. Are you going to be a tyrant in your own life? Right. Right. Or are you going to be a strong leader in your own life? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. I love this because there's just so much linked for me around this like shift into like all the things we're doing this year, this, the Pluto Aquarius shift is something new. It's a new journey as well. The Saturn Pisces journey is a new journey as well. The Aries journey in general is a journey as well. And it's all happening. I mean, the, the nodes don't shift until the summer, but there is a big shift in March happening where that's when Jupiter conjuncts Chiron. That's when uh, Pluto moves into Aquarius and when Saturn moves into Pisces all at once guys. So it's like the new journey begins in, in and around the spring equinox. Yeah. I was just going to say around the new year. Yeah. Literally around the astrological new year. Um, so this is why the fool was coming in so much for me because not that the not that we're foolish, but that there is a new journey, a new beginning happening here. And so in my card, my deck, that, that this was the card that really spoke to me. Guys, I'll show this to you. Let me see it. Yeah. Okay. So in this deck, it is the Hermetic Tarot deck and it's all about alchemy and stuff like that. So in this deck specifically, Pluto is actually linked up with this card. And I love that because there is the death and rebirth energy, but then there's also this, like the fool is starting a new journey. Right. And I just feel because there's also a water energy here, which I don't think is typically in the fool card. Right. 
No. Okay. So, you know, the cliff is not necessarily a cliff. He's got water there. Like, is he diving into the subconscious as well? Like you just mentioned with the, the tarot. Um, and so this card with the Plutonian energy that's coming in, we have Pluto squaring the nodes, like for a lot of this year, when that shifts in the, the summer, we've got Pluto is going to have a square with Jupiter, uh, for a, a section of time. Pluto's involved with a lot this year. So I feel like we're starting this new journey. We're beginning something new. Everyone's starting something new. Charlene's already touched on this. It's like, we're all starting this brand new journey, but Pluto is involved. So we're also all ending a journey. And literally you can't start something without ending something. Mm -hmm. They're, they're one in the same, right? And I've been going through that for the last eight months. Of my I know life. me too. If it helps. I mean, I feel like anyone listening is probably feeling a similar vibe. Yeah you're in this space. So, okay. Show us, show us your fool cards. Let's talk about the fool and who, yeah, who's I running the chariot. Can I see yours? Yes, absolutely. Okay. And okay. Can you see it? No, a little yeah. bit of shine there. There we go. I just wanted to see what's he carrying. Is he, he is he on a horse? He, he has a wolf beside him mm. and he is carrying a rose, which is supposed to represent Oh my gosh, what does it represent in this deck specifically? But it is a rose. Okay. The so rose he's carrying. I, so I, there's a couple, remember, I always say that imagery in the tarot decks is very important. Yeah. Notice how he doesn't have one foot ahead of the other. Mm, he's planted. Mm -hmm. It does say in this um, specific like conversation about this card, like this fool has his feet like, firmly planted and he has control of the wolf. Mm. Like he is in control of the wolf and so wolf is an imagery wolf, for Aries. Just want to point that out. <laughs> the wolf is the wolf in the fool card typically, or the dog typically represents our protector, mm. our, like um, our conscience, right? Like, is that, should you be doing that? Should we be doing that? Should we be going there? Like it's also alerts to us, but it's also our companion, mm. right? So it's fascinating that you say he's well planted and he's in control of the wolf, right? So in these two decks, so if you go back to the one that looks very similar to Raider Waite, okay, the sun is shining, it's the dawn of a new day. There's so much excitement. Yeah, there's a little bit of stuff like clouding the judgment, right? Because there's a little bit of clouds in the sky. He is like, look at his face. He's He's a fool. He's literally like, la, la, la. I'm so excited. I'm going on a trip. I don't know where I'm going. And we have no idea what lies underneath that cliff. We don't know if there's a step right there or if he's literally just going to eat shit. I always envision that card. Like he's just eating shit. Like he doesn't even know there's a cliff there and he's just like, la, la, la. Right. And notice the, the dog, right? Yeah, the dog's like, up hey, check hey, in. hey, should we be <laughs> Should we, should we, what dude, are we, what? Like really we're, this is what we're going. Right. And he's got the rose here. He's got the butterfly, which is transformation. I was going to say there's Pluto love and it's passion and vitality, like the excitement of like, and the love and the joy that you feel embarking on a new adventure. And he's got just this little bag that carries hardly anything. Right. And, and I think he has satchel. Yeah. He's got like a little satchel as well, because in this card, He's basically taking only the bare minimum as he embarks on something new. Yeah. Not taking much with him. Yeah. 
Now, in both of my cards, there's the butterfly, which indicates the transformation, which is connected to, you know, if we look at the astrology, the Pluto, right? It's the, um, it's a cataclysmic moment that happens when the caterpillar needs to go through its chrysalis stage and transform into a butterfly, right? So here we are talking about the self, right? You were a caterpillar. Now you're going through these cataclysmic cataclysmic changes you're going through your own chrysalis stage and then coming out as the butterfly right in the moon child tarot deck you've got the wolf steps ahead of the woman protecting but the abyss is actually literally the abyss right the cliff doesn't take you into the unknown we see very clearly what's happening here she's jumping into the cosmos if she takes and she's far removed. She's also very cautiously taking her steps. She's excited. You can see it almost even looks like she's just transformed into human from a butterfly. She's got all like this cosmic energy around her and these butterflies here showing. And she's taking these very careful steps. Mm-hmm. And her wolf, her subconscious, her conscious is ahead of her confirming the steps that she's taking nonetheless she's going to continue taking them yeah right because she knows that this is the only way forward so again we have a cautious grounded a more evolved approach and then we got like let's just see what happens now (laughs) i can die maybe i don't know literally literally and then my guy is just like he's like i'm not moving he's like i'm i i don't know yet i'm not i don't know if i'm taking that step yet right and it's fascinating too that there's the water imagery there because it connects back to that subconscious subconscious yeah the minute you pulled up the 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 moon one there too i'm like she's going into the ethereal realms he's going into the subconscious like he's he's diving into um the subconscious and we can see just three different lenses, how we could do this work this year. One is blaze in, grab that, be the fool, grab your chariot, blaze it. Good luck. Like grab your reins and hope, hope for God. One is take your slow and steady steps, trusting your guides. Yeah. And then one is like firmly plant your feet and witness before you dive into the subconscious realms. Yeah. None is like wrong or right. I, I would strongly advise advice based off of my own personal experience. You do not be the fool and take your chariot guns a blazing. Don't do it. Don't, don't uh, do it. I speak from personal experience. Ditto. Ditto. Okay. So, okay. So we have these themes of, okay. The fool is running the chariot. Hopefully you've learned those lessons in between. If you haven't Maybe this is the year where you do that and you start that inner work and you start that inner process. I don't know if anyone, you know, listening to me specifically or following Charlene specifically isn't doing that work, but I know all of us can be doing a better job of that work, right? If I'm going to just say that at the end of Capricorn season, we can all be doing a better job of that, that work. Yeah. Yeah. I think that is fair to say that there is always this opportunity to see maybe where some habits or practices or, you know, mindset shifts need to be worked through or reviewed. Yeah, right? absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. That's very, very potent. Okay. So we had a couple other cards come through too. Um, do you want to open those up? Cause you had a surprise card or did you tell me about the surprise card? I didn't, I didn't tell you about the surprise card. So, okay. <laughs> 
So Vika was saying that she also is getting justice and death. I see justice coming in and I'll show you both of the justice cards. We don't have to go through too much of the imagery here. Yeah, totally. To. Totally. But the justice cards or justice is connected to um is connected to the Libra, which is going to be the South node that we're coming into. However, for me, the reason when Vika said I'm seeing justice come in and I was like, Hmm, yes, I confirm. I agree with this is because I've been getting a really big download that this is going to be a year of redemption for women. Hmm. So any woman, woman who has experienced any oppression, any suffering, any abuse, any toxicity at the hands of a man, whether, you know, it's your boss, your dad, your ex, your baby daddy, your neighbor, whomever, it doesn't matter. This is a year where it's time to vocalize and express tap into that warrior energy and turn around and go, I'm no longer going to be oppressed by you. I'm no longer going to live in the fear, in the shadows, afraid of what could happen based off of your threats, right? Because abusers, toxic people, they bully, they threaten, they, um, there's a word that starts with an I, um, not instigate, um, intimidate, mm. they intimidate. And so for me, the justice showing up and us having conversations about justice showing up this year correlates to the South Node, but it's also correlating from my perspective that there is this moment of redemption here where the scales are starting to balance a little more, where we can speak as to what has transpired, being intelligent in the way that you are sharing your story, right? Following the rules of the law, right? Cause and effect, justice. Uh, the balancing of the scales, but no, no longer living in the shadows and the fear because karma's coming to knock in this year. Mm -hmm. Some karmic debt that's going to be that's going to be owed for a lot of people, um, especially women who have been wronged by men. And so that's where justice was really showing up for me. Mm, I love that, and I think like to ripple onto it, I think a lot of that justice will happen as well in um, Panini worlds. So it's going to be the, the start, I think, um, of that, that conversation of just a lens of people becoming a little more focused on harmony. Now there's two sides of Libra. Everyone always thinks Libra is just so soft. So um, doesn't want to like, you know, uh, have any confrontation, but at the end of the day, high Libra is going to take that confrontation to your door because they believe so deeply in justice that they're going to do what they have to do. So there's also the level of low Libra is not realizing that they, there is sometimes there is two sides of the story and they get hyper-focused on justice to the point where it's actually like incorrect. So there's going to be an interesting dichotomy with the South node yeah. bringing up everybody's like, uh, we have to wake up to things not being perfectly balanced all the time and how unhealthy it can be to focus so deeply on equality that it actually makes us unequal. Equal. Mm -hmm. Right? It's like when the oppressed become revenge, like so vengeful that they put their oppression on another, that's not equality. Yeah. So I think that's going to come up. Yeah, we can talk about that real quick. <laughs> 
it's a topic that I love to have a conversation yeah. about a lot. So can I give examples? Yes. So when we think about equality, when we think about balance, and when we think about the yin yang, the duality in all things, which is literally the, the, the characteristics of themes, right? Of, of Libra, the harmony. Uh, and we look at what is happening right now to women's spaces, oh, women's yeah. only spaces are under attack and they're under attack through what I will call a delusional guise, a, a mask. Mm. And this isn't to say that trans women or trans men or anybody who's part of the LGBTQ community doesn't have a right. They absolutely do. Every single human has a right. And if we look at the high octave or the light aspects of Aquarius, it is literally humanitarianism, mm -hmm. right? It is, it is loving and embracing all of us as our unique beings. Yeah. But to circle back with what you said, that doesn't mean that we begin to oppress others. And literally, and literally what is happening right now is women are being removed from sports. They're losing their spaces to trans women, which is not fair or right. They're losing their women only spaces. And it's one thing to uh, be somebody who is passing as a female, but now we're seeing this infiltration of what I personally believe to be um, fetishes and uh, pedophilia, is that a word? Pedof pedophile behavior, mm -hmm. trying to infiltrate um, these female safe spaces. And this is where the scales are going to start being balanced again, because we're going to start seeing that it is just it's not rational. It's not logical. It's not balanced. It's not justice and it's not fair. And those are all key themes of Libra and of the card justice and tarot. And, you know, to highlight a specific story, I, I don't know if it was Great Britain or UK uh, decided to um, open up their, um, I think it was music awards to um, no longer have uh, genders. So it was like a gender neutral, anybody and everybody could win. Guess how many women won awards during this music award thing? Like one? Zero. Zero. Wow. Zero. Zero. Wow. Wow. And so that started to raise questions. When you open it up to gender, yeah. women don't win. Interesting. Interesting. Goes back to my original point. Women will be getting their fucking justice this year. Yeah, it does link back in. And it's an interesting conversation. I was actually having it with this someone this morning about, you know, um, we're both bisexual women who don't preach our bisexuality. I don't, I don't care if you know, but it was 25 years of me terrified to tell people that I was. And then by the time I came out, I wasn't allowed in the community anymore because I'm not unique enough. I'm not, you know, I'm not really welcome there. Right. Um, and so it's not a safe space for me. And right. I think you feel the same. Yeah. I honestly, I honestly never felt like this is going to sound really awful. I never felt like the LGTB community was a safe space. So, so I remember, sorry, go on. Go, no, go ahead. 
I was just gonna say, I remember going to my first drag show, trying to like do, sometimes I do math and I realize how old I really am. And I'm like, oh my God, that was so long ago. Like I must've been in my early twenties. And I remember going there and being like, this isn't a safe space. Like I didn't feel safe. And for context, I'm 37. So if you do math to like early twenties, that's 10 plus years ago. Now, I will say that around my friends who are gay, around my friends who are bisexual or lesbian or trans, I feel safe. It is the environments where they gather, in my experience, that I have never felt necessarily safe because I haven't, I felt that it was very like performative. And Mm -hmm. if you were loud and in charge and in their face and look at them so different like it was like you're you're nobody you're nothing and I'm not that type of bisexual person 100 percent 100 no 100 um and like this is a little bit of a segue but like listening for everyone listening I hope you can just honor this conversation if it's not you know something you agree with or if it's something you feel very passionately on the opposite side I hope you can open up to some dialogue of people who actually are bisexual have the conversation of like, we don't belong in that community because um, you know what? I've gone to a few drag shows. I actually love drag. I think it's amazing. Um, But I have been called out numerous times for being bisexual, that I'm not, I'm not good enough to be in the community because bisexual doesn't count or bisexuals are just confused or like by people in the, in the actual community. So when we're thinking about like the safe spaces thing and justice and the balancing of the scales to come like back to that conversation, it's interesting that, you know, people have taken that oppression, turned it into revenge and excluded anyone who doesn't fit into their diagram of what is part of the community that was actually created for two bisexual women who just want, you know, to explore the world as it is like, whatever that looks like I'm married to a man. That doesn't mean I'm not bisexual, but I get that judgment all the time. Oh, you married a man. But what does that have to do with anything? I mean, right. And I think you and I have talked about this a lot where I said to you, you know, I'm, I've been single for a while now that I'm putting myself out there. I continue to think more and more, like, I think I want to be in, I guess it would be considered a triad. Yeah. My, my dream. Yeah. <laughs> with two men. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There's no, that doesn't mean that there might not be a woman that comes in here and there, but like, there's just, and this is where I have such a hard time because it's, I I get very agitated by the, in trying to enforce people to go back into the same boxes that people have been trying to remove themselves from. Literally. We finally are like free. And then it's like, no, now here's a new box. And we all were like, wait a minute. I thought it was free. Like I thought it was okay. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Yeah. So that, that's a, that's a big, that's a big thing. But I think that also, if we talk about like the LGBTQ and this community, I do feel like this year, and we've been seeing it happen where a lot of people who are very uh, prominent or known in the, in the community and the industries uh, who have platforms are really just speaking up and going, this isn't even LGBTQ anymore. Like this is nothing to do with LGBTQ, the values, the characteristics, what it means to be a part of this community. This is like an entirely different, like culty pedophilia. 
A hundred percent. And I did say that to the person I was talking to this morning. I was like, it, it has been hijacked and has been taken over by wolves and wolf and sheep wolves in sheep clothing. A hundred percent. Um, so yeah, really listening to your conversations with people like Buck Angel, um, have been really, really great for me. And then, um, there was someone else recently I'm in that right. realm as well. The, yeah. The offensive, the offensive tranny. I like, I like him. Okay. I have not listened to them. Oh, I was thinking yeah. gays against groomers. You've, you've shown me yeah. the gays against groomers really, really passionately love what they're doing because they are trans people, gay people, um, you know, people in the actual like heart of the, the true community, um, speaking out against the hijack of something that was meant to be pure and stop oppression, becoming a rage filled, um, wolf in sheep's clothes. And oppressive. Yeah. It is the, the, um, you know, someone said yes, yesterday, the day before they were like, um, the most oppressed people will be the, the oppressors. Yeah. Become the oppressors. Yeah. Unless, you know, we liberate and do the shadow work, which we've been talking about this whole session. So, yeah. Which is interesting too, because it kind of connects back to that whole um, Aquarius energy, the shadow aspect of Aquarius energy versus the light aspect of Aquarius energy. And we're coming into the Pluto just fucking going. Oh my God. It's going to be wild, right? Like, because Aquarius, like I'll just note before we move on to our next card, Aquarius is genderless. Aquarius, um, there are two energies in the, you know, um, traditional view of the Zodiac in like ancient times that have no gender. Um, so it's Mercury and Aquarius. They are, um, some would say they're hermaphrodites. Some would say they are genderless. Some would say they're, if the term now is non-binary, whatever it is, those were the cards that were of both and yet none. Um, so we see that as like one lens coming in and then I'm, I'm watching it as an astrologer studying all of this stuff from the background, taking all my notes, being like fascinating, fascinating, fascinating. And people who have big Aquarian signatures are often bisexual, homosexual. Um, like it's just, it is a theme. So watching all of this, seeing the low. Yeah. Right. In my Vedic astrology and in my draconian, I am all Aquarius. Okay. And not even shocked, like at all. Uh, Not, and I think we're not as similar to where she has all that Aquarius energy too. And then in my like current, you know, tropical chart, I'm very, very Aquarian too. So I see it happening, but I see the low octave, which is the hive mind. And then the the high octave is you be you, right? Like the whole goal of it is like, let's be individual and uh, be okay with everyone being an individual, not hive mind. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It's that, it's that embracing of the individuality because of the continual reminder that I am my neighbor, my neighbor is me. Yeah. We are literally just like, that's the Uranus frequency is we're all connected in these, like our antennas are all connected. We're yeah, all like we're consciousness. All one, yeah. We're all literally consciousness. Yeah. And so if you get angry at your neighbor, really, where are you just getting angry with yourself? Mm-hmm. Right? Like, where is that rage existing within yourself and how is it showing up in your own life? There was something else that I wanted to talk about a thread from this conversation had slipped my mind, but anyways, we'll, we'll come back to, it. I'm sure it'll, it'll, it comes back. Yeah. Oh, I, I remembered the whole, um, the binding, the mutilation, mm-hmm. right. The disfigurement mm-hmm. and, and how that is impacting so many children specifically, mm-hmm. right? Like I remember when I was young, I was very much a boy. Like I literally can show you pictures where I, I look gender neutral. 
Like, I don't look like a boy or a girl. I could be both or I could be neither, right? I think it really connects to like both, right? It's that, it's that meshing of the both. I think when I think about Aquarius and I think about that mercurial energy, it's both. Yeah. It's not neither. It's yeah. It's, but it's the blending. Mm-hmm. It's blended. Exactly. Blended. It's the androgyny, right? Yes. That's, that's the word. It's the androgyny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the both. Um, because binary means none or I don't know. I don't know. I'm not entirely sure how, um, and I don't think everyone views it the same. I think some non-binary believe they are both. And then some non-binary believe they are none. So I think that that lens is um, androgynous. Correct. We'll go with androgynous, which is a term I actually love, love androgynous women, love androgynous men, love them. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's so it's the fluidity, right? So there's icing coming in all Mm -hmm. together. Literally, literally. But it's to go back to how harmful that is, right? Because if you scroll through TikTok specifically, I will sometimes get ads for binding. I feel more like a man now that I put these binders on. Which breaks your ribs. Literally. Literally. It deforms your body. If you are a child who wears bindings, you, it, will, it will be like in the dynasties, in the Chinese dynasties. Where I was they just thinking, yeah. To put the in, to break to to put them into those into those little slippers, yeah. Or the the necklaces in the one culture, um, would yeah. to grow their necks really long, yeah. and yeah. then the muscles in their necks are the useless. Work. Basically, yeah. so it's literally a, a a deformation of the self. Mm-hmm. And Aquarius, at its high vibration, is all about embracing the yeah. difference and the unique. Yeah. No matter what it is, no matter what it is, you say, I love this. I honor this. This is me. Not, I will change this. That's the low octave is I will change and adapt and, um, progress in order to fit into something, right? <laughs> to a box. You're just another box that was yeah. put on me. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. Last point that I had there. No. Yeah. I agree. I agree there. It's like, and, and, you know, my niece is in this world right now and I've said to her a hundred times, I'm just like, you don't have to pick. Yeah. Like you don't have to be anything right now. You're, you're 12. Just exist. You. Yeah. You be like, literally you be you in whatever fashion that shows up. You don't have to pick anything right now. You don't even have to pick like, like she changed her name. I changed my name when I was 11. Um, and I was like, you, you do you change your name, do whatever the hell you want, but you don't have to pick anything right now. Yeah. Don't, don't fall into the trap of permanence to yes. in an attempt to conform or to try and fit into an environment, mm-hmm. the trying things on and yeah. no Lupron and hormone blockers are not temporary pauses. They create long-term effects this is why Lupron is used in jail against pedophiles and sexual predators because it suppresses their hormones so that they can never get a hard on again. That right. is drop that bomb right there. The bomb has been dropped. And you guys like anyone listening again, if you, if you're not liking this conversation, I encourage you to do some research. And if you don't like this conversation, that's cool. Um, and you do you, I just, um, I am glad you're still listening if you are still listening and you don't like this conversation. So I honor you for that. Um, okay. So we've got totally got off topic, which is totally okay because it's kind of on topic. Um, just justice, justice. Okay. Justice in a sense in many, many ways. And I feel like that justice will even come for, you know, trans people experiencing what they're experiencing. They're going to get, you know, their justice of stepping into their, themselves truth. Think about like Buck Angel, like, um, 
just I just think of him as like the 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 epitome of the perfect trans person for me being like uh he's a Blair White is another big one too okay I haven't looked into Blair White but Buck Angel I'm like I just love everything um he puts out you know as a trans man he uh really stands okay okay yeah he just stands so like firmly in his power and his shift um and has in my humble opinion no delusions so I love that and we can like take that as a, a level of you know he's going to get his justice too. You know, there's a lot of hate for him right now, um, but he's going to get his too. So this justice energy, I think is going to show up for everyone and it's karmic South nodes. So we got to remember um, it's coming, it's coming in, it's coming in, which leads me to my next card. Is it a surprise you- card? Yes. Yes. I'll let you do the last card, which you said was the death card. I'll okay. let you, I'll let you leave that one. My surprise card is judgment. Judgment. I almost pulled the judgment card. I got judgment this morning. And it actually felt so good this morning. Mm-hmm. So I have a, a personal love hate relationship with judgment because sometimes I'm like, yeah. And then sometimes I'm like, oh, what did I do? <laughs> because that is what judgment is. Judgment at its core, if we look at the Raider way, is these people who have risen from the dead. So they have died and now they have risen and it has, you know, connections to uh, Jesus rising from the dead. Okay. And this is Angel Gabriel. And it is his horn of judgment, right? He is uh, sounding the horn to provide his verdict. How have you operated in this world? Hmm. Right? When the media told everyone to hate each other if they didn't participate in certain rituals, were you along hating? Mm -hmm. And if you were, that's okay because many people were driven by their fear, but what did you do afterwards? hundred percent. And this might be the year of cleaning that karma up. Mm -hmm. Justice. (laughs) Right. So judgment plays a role here because your actions will be weighed. Right. Right. This is tied so closely together with that justice energy, right? This is about salvation, redemption, this is also connected back to the number seven in numerology. It's answering the call from the universe mm. because you're going to experience some sort of spiritual awakening, some sort of moment of enlightenment, of recognition, and you will be called to do certain things. Will you do it? Right. Like I've been getting this really give big call to give back to the community. Mm. And so I've, and I'm thinking in my head, like, what is that going to look like? How am I that? What environments do I want to give back to? How can, how can I use my platforms? Like it's, you know, it's been percolating in my mind. So it will show up for many people. What do you need to do to clear your karma, to balance those skills and to answer the call from the universe? Like it is your time now, right? And in this card, I can never remember if this is, um, I always want to call him Horus, but it's not Horus. Um, what does it look like? Whose whose head is it? It's uh oh my Thoth. god. Thoth. Thank you, Thoth. I was like trying to go through all of them, and I'm like, I keep wanting to go back to Horus, but it's not Horus, it's Thoth, right? So here he is, right, doing his own rulership in order for you to enter into the gates of paradise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, a different, a different perspective, a different lens, right? In the Moonchild Tarot, but the same underlying message. Right. 
Right. And that brings it like into, um, I've always, and I, it's on my list of things to read this year is like the Emerald Tab- Tablets of Thoth mm-hmm. um, and his like basically not commandments, but, you know, ways of living um, in truth and in harmony and in morals, your morals, right? Morals has been a big conversation lately. Um, I think we've even mentioned, and maybe we didn't, but the, you know, everything I've talked to you in our chat lately has been prompting me to question, am I in alignment with my morals? And, you know, the stuff we've kind of purged in our private chat lately, I wasn't in alignment with my morals. And so you will be judged. And that judgment doesn't mean like you're going to jail. It means you got to clean your friggin' shit up. You got to clean your karma up. Yeah. It, I always call it this shit that we shove under the rug. A hundred percent. We all got those side rugs that were like, to clean under there. I don't like toss that out. under there. Boop, boop, put it under there. And then before yeah. you know it, like the shit starts to stink. Right. Like, I love that you mentioned the word morals and val- and I'm going to loop in values into there. Last year, I actually, was it last year or the year before? I actually had something pretty intense happen to me. And I'm going to share it with you all, if that's okay with you, Vika, yeah. because it really illuminates a lot of the themes that are showing up this year on an individual basis. So I was posting stories about the panini and about the uh, ritual that many people had to participate in, in order to be able to be a part of society. And I was talking about this particular um, teacher slash professor slash doctor um, who is here in Toronto or Ontario. And she actually got fired. Uh, Julie, I think Ponce, Ponce, Ponce is her last name. Something like that. Ponce? I can't remember. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, she was a professor over at Western University, and she was a professor professor of philosophy, ethics, morals, values. Okay, she had a PhD, yeah. so she is not a stupid person. And she obviously working there becomes friends with the faculty, so she's friends with the science department. She's friends with all medicine, all the different departments that uh, work together. And she made the conscious choice not to get the uh, the 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 pokey pokey, and. Um, she got fired for not wanting to get it. And so I made a statement on social media talking about the fact that she is a teacher of morals, values, ethics, philosophy. Her whole entire persona and profession is surrounded around one being able to have the free will to choose. And there was this big pushback I got about how she was a danger to her her students. Even though her students all had to get the pokey pokey, she was still a danger to them. And I made a very bold statement that I stand by to this day. The ones who aligned with their morals and their values, the ones who lived or live ethically, remembering that every single person is sovereign and has a free will to do what they feel is necessary for their own body without needing to condemn or force others to do something, those will be the ones that inherit this earth. And those will be the ones that don't, um, that, that won't experience these intense moments of judgment, right? Or when justice comes towards you because you've wronged somebody, right? And a lot of people did not receive that very well. A lot of people got real freaking triggered. And it doesn't matter who those people were or what they are. They're probably never listened to this, but I will let you know that every single one of those people over the last two years that, uh, very aggressively, uh, 
did not appreciate or like that I made that statement have experienced their own judgment and justice. Mm -hmm. Not like they, they got justice for wrong. They got justice because they wronged somebody. Yeah. Their actions. And that I think is something that is going to be coming up a lot. So like, so back to your point, we get like, what are your morals? What are your ethics? Mm -hmm. What are your values? And are you in yeah. And you know, most people, I wouldn't say most people listening to this, anyone listening to this, I feel like you're on the, the road with us, but you know, most people don't know their morals. Uh, a lot of people, you know, when I started working at Lululemon, like a hundred years ago, um, they made us do like a thing about values. And at that point, you know, I, I'd done my yoga training. I was like very in that world. Um, but majority of people I was working with, like that, that they didn't even know what the word meant. What is values? Like, what are, what are values? And, um, I remember like doing my yoga training and that being presented to me. I'm like, I don't know about what, what are values? Like, I don't know how my values are. Um, and I think things have gotten very clear for most people around the last three years of what their values and their morals are. Um, but for others, I think they stuck their head in the sand and they haven't quite figured out even what those words mean, right? Like, what are your morals? Do you have morals? Are you operating within your morals? Um, so I think that will be a big conversation is like people figuring out their morals and their values, which you, you really should have been doing through the last um, nodal shift that we're still in, guys. Figure out your morals and your values right now. Values, yeah. And for those of you that don't know how to do that, you come join Starcy Academy. Literally, you go work with Charlene and you figure yeah, out your so friggin' values. One of an, a course I launched last year, I did it live. What I'm really focusing on this year is creating all these live courses into evergreen or pre-recorded modules, not only so that they're more financially available and feasible to people of different incomes, but so that people can learn at their own pace rather than have to follow a specific structure. And in my Align course, where it's a nine-week course, the pre-recorded version of it is, um, you participated in the live one and people loved your content. I did. I still got some of your people come and they're like, I was in Align. And I'm like, well, hi. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, in actually the, I teach the light laws there and I'm going to be sharing a lot more about the light laws this year. Uh, but in the light laws in one or light law one or light law two, I actually walk you through understanding your own values and the importance and how your values are a foundation to the pillars of self. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have values in your life, of course, your life is always going to be surrounded by chaos, uncertainty, scarcity, uncomfort, like discomfort, uh, challenges and obstacles, or, or if you're like me and you know what your values are, but you don't apply them into your life or don't embody (laughs) them, you will also feel out of, out of sorts, out of whack. Absolutely. The universe is trying to realign you. (laughs) Yeah. Which like leads us into our last card, which is the death card that I'm feeling for 2023 guys and anyone listening knows it's not, it's not physical death. Um, it's energetic death. Now, like think about if you're not in alignment with your values and this year, you got to learn all your values again, or even if you are guaranteed new values and things are coming through where you're just like, shit, I'm not the same person I was three years ago, two years ago, one year ago, six months ago then you have to die guys. You have to die. So this is like the card for the hermetic tarot. We've got a big old scythe, which always makes me think a little bit of Saturn, a little bit like reaping what we sow. Um, we got a snake, we've got skulls, we've got the, like the Phoenix at the top too. And like this death card looks a little harsh. I'm not going to lie to you. It's a little dark. 
that a maggot? It is a, it, there's a scorpion and I think there is a maggot at some point. I don't even know. There's definitely oh, a scorpion. I see the scorpion. I see the scorpion. scorpion. It looks like it's like a maggot scorpion. It's like a maggoty scorpion. Yeah. So like when we're talking about all this energy, like death guys, we have to let this year is going to be a lot of letting those pieces of yourself die. And I know everyone listening is like, I'm tired. I know. I know you're tired. I'm tired too. I'm tired too, guys. Like, God, if if you know me, I'm in a Pluto transit till I die, guys. I'm fucking tired too. But because you have Pluto in your first, right? I have Pluto in my first, and then Pluto basically, as he moves through Aquarius, is just going to be like like hitting all my Leo and then all my Virgo, and he goes into Pisces. So like the rest of my life, I'm in it. It's fine. It's fine. Um, But but basically, we have to like think about this for a second. In the sense that we cannot go forward. Okay, think about the fool for a second. He didn't have a lot of shit with him. It was like a little bag. He probably had like a sandwich in there. I don't know. A little like chicken steak. But he didn't have much with him. And when we go on our new journeys, we can't take our dead carcasses with us. I've said this before in other podcasts and other videos. Guys, you can't can't carry your dead carcass with you. It's heavy. It's dead. It's rotting. It's dead weight. Why are you bringing it with you? And I know that's not easy. God, I know that's not easy because sometimes I want to drag around my dead carcass with me, but like we can't do it. You have to mourn, grieve, have a funeral, bury it, burn it. I don't care what it is, but that old version of you needs to be like released through the death period. And we're going to have so many presented today, like this, this year, as you are discovering literally yourself on this new journey, and you're gonna have to burn it down and burn it down and burn it down and burn it down and die and die and die and die. Yeah. Yeah. Ditto. Ditto to all of that. (laughs) I think if there's anything that I can add to that, obviously then sharing the cards, right? Like, so here is death time, you know, time waits for no one. And we see in this card, the masculine is dead and the female and the child are actually begging uh, death, right. To spare them. And we have the priest here and we have the river, which is connected to Hades, right. In the underworld um, and the white purity and black, you know, death and transformation and the crow, right. Connecting between the realms. So this is really about embracing that scorpionic energy, that plutonian energy of death, of understanding that while it might look dim and glim, is that even a word? At first glance, (laughs) there's actually sun shining because death is temporary. Impermanence. Mm, Right? Like I I understand like people are going to be like, well, death is permanent because when we lose somebody that we love, absolutely, we feel that to our very core. you know, and I, and I know death is such a hard topic and it's one of the biggest fears. It's my biggest fear. I'll tell you that right out of all of them. Um, but there's also a certain surrender and knowing that we can always connect with the people that we love, maybe not how we're accustomed to on this 3d world on the 3d realm, but we can connect with them nonetheless, right? It's that knowing, or that they'll be born through someone else, right? Like my grandfather passed away in end of August, beginning of September, 2014. And not two, three weeks later, did I find out that I was pregnant with Charlie. Mm. And to this day, I'm convinced that my, it's my grandfather's soul in Charlie's body, like reborn again. 
I don't even doubt it. When my Alma passed, she came to me in a dream and said she was coming back through me. Yeah. And so they always come. And my grandmother who passed away a month after, like she was already on her way out when I found out I was pregnant. My mom went back home to say goodbye to her. Um, she, I know she will come back through my daughter because my grandma has the scorpion. It's the witch. And it's the wound that we carry, the female wound that is meant to be healed through my daughter. Oh, and in this card, yeah. And in this card, um, let's get pregnant together. Sorry, I just <laughs> do it. Um, and in this card, we have the death, all right? We have death showing up again. And this is interesting because it has similar imagery to your death card, mm-hmm. the snake, right? Um, is it called the or- 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 Ouroboros? Or- oh, yeah, yeah. The I can never say the word, but yeah, the yeah, snake the, eating the, itself. Yeah. Yeah, is it the Oboris? Oboris? Somebody listening is like, say it right. (laughs) Yeah, I'm so sorry. Like that word, you know, you guys know what it is, that word. Mm -hmm. And then we have the moth, right? That transforms into the butterfly, right? And uh, and if you look at the way that this female is embracing death, she is not fearful of it. Mm -hmm. She's exalted. Yeah, her heart open. And she's, it's much more light, I guess we can it right so it's really interesting we can look at death as like this permanent fear density or we can embrace it and rejoice in it right and right what what that means absolutely absolutely all the little deaths that will happen this year yeah what what that will mean for all of for all of us right yeah yeah and we've been going through it right with that scorpio south node since last whenever um 2022 springish um we've been going through it so a lot of fun yeah we're still doing the work we're you know i saw uh astrology like an astrology 2023 forecast um and the girl asked all the panelists like are things gonna get like less chaotic and they were all like um like we just can't say that in my opinion chaos is not the word for this year um, but transformation is, you know, it's not as Uranus focused this year, but it is Plutonian focus, which means, yeah, the chaos motion is out, but the, the death process is in. I really feel like if you can transcribe that to a literal being that exists in this realm connected to mother earth, it is that butterfly. It Absolutely. is, the, it is the caterpillar experiencing that catalyst moment in the chrysalis stage. So this is a year where you you enter into that chrysalis stage through a catalytic moment in your life. And then maybe by the end of the year, depending on the work that you've done, or maybe entering into 2024, you bloom into the butterfly or you express out into the butterfly. Absolutely. Um, So I think that knowing that there's a maybe a certainty or a bit of relief and going, okay, well, I'm entering in as the caterpillar, right? Limited in my capabilities. And I am going through this chrysalis so that I can transform into the butterfly and be limitless. Like I meant to be. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I sometimes think about the butterfly thing as like, we're just many butterflies. Like we're just, we're just, we think of ourselves as one when really we're just like these like multiple butterflies experiencing all these chrysalis moments in and out, in and out. Right. So as we're on this journey of, um, yeah, this year is a journey of self-discovery and new, a new path blazing a new trail. 
it's also a moment of many chrysalis like experiences within yourself. So uh, thinking of yourself as like, you don't always have to be in like a solid chrysalis state. You might be experiencing, we're quantum, right? So you might be experiencing many chrysalis states as well as many um, trails and paths forward all at once. Yeah. Yeah. Like in one aspect of your life, you could be in like crystal stage and yeah. another aspect you transform into the butterfly in another aspect. You're just entering from the caterpillar yeah. into the crystal. It's like, totally. it's all happening simultaneously. And if I can leave you with one thing is to remember that at the end of the day, all of these things, these themes, these experiences, these moments, these patterns that we're seeing from a numerology perspective, perspective from an astrological tarot, a psychic download, whatever perspective, all boil down to understanding that it is meant to happen for your own victory so yeah. that the obstacles can, so that you can be victorious through the removal of the obstacles in your life. Yeah. Mm, I love that. I love that. Okay. We're going to leave off on that. Oh, this was so juicy. And for anyone still listening, like Thank you for going through the process of this, this juicy conversation today. Um, for anyone, you know, who experienced moments of fear, bless you, fear during this process. Uh, maybe it's fear around certain energies. Maybe it's excitement around certain energies. Maybe you didn't like the conversation we had about the LGBTQT. Plus, I can never say it right, guys. I apologize on that one. Um, maybe you didn't like that conversation. Um, but either way, no matter where you're hitting this podcast from it is provoking it is um shedding lights on things that you know people want to shy away from yeah that's what we do here so thank you for getting through that with us and i hope it has exposed you at least to a lens um that is outside of your own realm if not solidified your own feelings around things too that you're not alone on those subjects Absolutely. I love that. And thank you for having me. You're amazing. I love you. You're so welcome. I love you so much. And just thank you for your energy and your like your work. It's just, I think you're doing amazing things in this world. And it's an honor to be your soul sister. You need to hear that. (laughs) And for any of you, um, make sure you go follow me over on YouTube on uh tiktok those are like the two main platforms um i'm also going to post this video on my uh youtube as well and link it back to yours the school launch is going to be happening within this first quarter of 2023 which i'm really excited but you can go pre-register and enroll because enrollment to the actual academy is free and it's just star c academy you can google it star like a star sea like the sea like the ocean <laughs> All together and Academy is the name and uh, there'll be a ton of courses on there to help uh, elevate your own mindset, your own journey through your spirituality and to help you through these transitions that you're going to be experiencing this year. I love it so much guys go work with Charlene. She has done um, some pretty astounding things within my own life so far. So highly suggest just getting into her field, whether it's, you know, diving into work with her, or if you just need to take a moment and just absorb all her, her knowledge, TikTok, she's like a absolute lightning bolt on TikTok. I love just scrolling through her page. So please go do that. And then her YouTube is phenomenal. And if you guys want to go deeper with her, um, I'll link all of the things you need in order to actually work with Charlene as well in the show notes, as well as our first podcast, because you might get your mind blown a little bit by that one. It was a really good conversation. So thank you again for your energy. And it's just like, like I said, like, it's just an honor to, to know you. I love you and I can't wait to see you again. I love you too. Bye, Bye guys. Bye. See ya.